Hi, folks, and welcome into the 615 Preps podcast presented by NCP Coatings. Glad to have them on board for the next four weeks as our title sponsor of the podcast and all of our playoff coverage at 615preps.com. I'm Chris Brooks alongside Scott Burton. Scott, hey, man, it's playoff time. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Oh, wait. Hey, microphone problems already. <laughs> no, hey, it's great having NCP Coatings on board uh, supporting the uh, the playoff podcast and, the, I'm sorry, the playoff coverage. Uh, it's great, and I am so ready for playoffs right now. Man, I didn't you – know, we've, we've talked about it all year. We weren't sure we were going to get to this point, yada, yada, yada. And we're here. You know what? Yeah. Let's enjoy it. Well, you have to. I mean, quite frankly, you know, we're still seeing, uh, you know, not to throw hot, you know, hot water on top of things, but there are some teams that uh, in the last week have, uh, have, you know, for all intents and purposes, died, and a couple that have been resurrected. Yes, yeah, um, that that's kind of our top story. Is that Cab County was one of those teams that was almost assuredly out of the postseason, but. An 11th hour decision by their school board allowed them to contact Trace, and they determined they were going to be able to play, and they'll host Spring Hill this week. That is so great for those kids. Uh, uh, you know, they were playing at such a high level, and they had won their first ever region championship. Yep. They are flying high, and then they get gut punched. This, I mean, they've got to be elated yep. over in Smithville. And we'll talk more about them later on in the, in the podcast. But, you know, we get to – Week 11, and a lot of do-or-die games, a lot of region championship games, uh, starting with Creekwood and Springfield. Creekwood was unbeaten, was 9-0. and Springfield, 8-1 and going into the game. They had only lost to Marshall County. This one for the region 5-4A title. And for about a half, it looked like the title bout we thought it would be. But the turnovers caught up to Creekwood, and Springfield ran off in the second half and went at 38-14. The key plays in both of those halves, the first play from scrimmage Creekwood had, they fumbled both in both halves. Oh, wow. Yeah, you, you can't do that against Springfield. No, you, you can't. And, mm-hmm. and losing four turnovers was just brutal for the, for the Red Hawks, who fall to the second seed. And let's say we'll talk about the, the playoff brackets in the next couple of segments. But you know, for Springfield, Cavantes Hudson, Gabe Kelly, both of those had both those players had big nights. Hudson accounted for for he ran for three and threw for another one. He hit Kelly for the lone passing touchdown. They just ran off in the second half with it. Yeah, it it, it didn't surprise me that Springfield played well at home, mm-hmm. and that uh, Cavantes Hudson had a big game. I think we discussed that in uh, last week's podcast. Yeah, what we thought was going to happen, um, but it sounded like Creekwood there for a while hung in there. Um, but you absolutely cannot make those kind of mistakes against Springfield. And the worst part is Creekwood had just scored at the end of the first half on a long touchdown pass, with leading 14-10 at halftime. You know, they had what they wanted. They had the mm-hmm. ball to start the second half. They were in position to, to make a, a run at this, and then disaster strikes, and then one play later, you know, Springfield's down the field. Yep. That's just the type of team that Springfield is. They're very opportunistic, and, and they – they feast on those turnovers, and when you when they get one, they generally score off of it, and that's what happened here. So, yeah. Yellow Jackets, region champs again. They're going to be at home, and we'll talk about those brackets in the next segment. Like we said, Scott, uh, you were across Robertson County, actually, at White House 
for Greenbrier White House, a, one of those do-or-die games we talk about. Yeah, definitely a do-or-die game. Uh, winner uh, moves on to play Lexington, and the uh, loser stays home. And, you know, this really started out as, a, as uh, truthfully, we knew going into this game it was going to be a tough-fought game, but didn't understand how important big plays, and that's what it was. It was mainly big plays that turned the game. Uh, Greenbrier gets on the board with a punt return, 50-yard punt return, uh, takes uh, takes the lead, um, and looked like they were going to punch one in again. Got the ball on a turnover and looked like they were going to punch punch it again, but uh, White House made some stops. There were some penalties. Uh, sloppy game, but it was a sloppy it was a sloppy field. It had rained for two straight days, so turnovers were a problem in that game as well. Um, you know, White House gets on the board, uh, you know, takes a, 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 a lead. But the big play in that game, uh, it was, I believe, 21-7. to Greenbrier had the ball uh, inside uh, the five at the one, actually, on fourth and one, and White House stuffed them. Um, couldn't do much after that, and – uh, they took a they they took a safety on on a uh, they had fourth and you know forever at like the three yard line or so and took a safety and you were thinking boy I hope that doesn't come back to beat uh, to bite them. Two plays later, Greenbrier gets a long pass on fourth down. It was almost a desperation. They White House lets the receiver get behind the defense, and uh, all of a sudden they're back in the game. And it finishes 21-16. Uh, but it was a very, very hard-fought game. Greenbrier would not give uh, uh, Ren and Blackburn very much room to run. Uh, the White House defense made timely stops and big plays and sacks when it mattered. All in all, for teams that – this was the 78th meeting – this is one of the oldest rivalries in the Mid-State, if not the oldest rivalry in the Mid-State. I think it's the oldest continuous-running rivalry in the Mid-State. Yeah. Uh, you know, these teams really went at each other. But after the game, you know, there was a lot of respect on that field. Uh, you could feel it. Uh, Greenbrier, great season. I think this team is on the, on the upswing. Uh, next year, this region better watch out because these guys could make some strides in the offseason. That depends on where they go in the – Realignment happens when we hit those new regions. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I'm, I'm acting whether, like everything. Whether this one's together or not remains to be seen. That Good point. Fair point. Yeah, whoever they have to play next year, whatever region they go into, I think they'll be a tough out unless they wind up somehow in 3-6-A. Um, <laughs> that should be a big jump. <laughs> it would be a tremendous jump. Actually, with the way that county is, the uh, way that uh, city is growing, I'd say that it won't be long till they're – Moving up a, a, a class, they don't do it next re, next year. So. Yeah. But, again, great game. Uh, kind of playoff football before the playoffs actually start. Yeah, you kind of got to elimination football week early and uh, had a lot of those games around the area mm-hmm. and some big performances for those. So let's go ahead and select our winner for the Citizens Bank Player of the Week. We had it was seven finalists this week, and – We'll start with Marcus Collins from Eagleville. Had 194 yards and three touchdowns on 17 carries. Was also 6 of 11 passing for 44 yards. Eagleville beat Loretto 20 to nothing. Ryder Gallardi from Nolansville. Knights quarterback completed 15 of 23 for 282 yards and a touchdown. Rushed 11 times for 61 yards and a touchdown. 
as they beat Marshall County 35-28. Brendan Jones from Good Pasture, two touchdown catches, a 90-yard punt return for a touchdown, also ran for 95 yards in a score as Good Pasture beat White County 49-28. Page quarterback Jake McNamara, 15 of 23, passing 280 yards, five touchdowns. The Patriots 41-17 winners over Franklin County. Brentwood's Walker Merrill, 15 catches for 201 yards and a touchdown as the Bruins raced past Centennial 49-7. Stratford's DeArco Perkins had 129 yards rushing on nine carries, scored three touchdowns on the ground, and also ran an interception back for a touchdown as Stratford blasted White's Creek 49-0. NBA's Marcel Reed, 12 of 20, passing for 238 yards and three touchdowns. The Big Red rallied late. They had a late two-point conversion that Reed hit Zach Herbstreet to beat Christian Brothers 25-24. to Those were seven finalists. Here's how the fans voted. Brendan Jones from Good Pasture got 47% of the vote. Marcus Collins got 45% of the vote. The final margin was 22 votes. Wow. Jake McNamara ended up oh. a distant third with 6%. So... Fans' vote goes to Brendan Jones of Good Pasture. Now it's our turn. Scott, I'll yep. leave it to you first. Okay. Well, all these guys are deserving. All of them are deserving. And two of them really, well, three of them really stood out to me. Uh, one of them was Brendan Jones, and one of them was uh, Walker Merrill. My player of the week is Darko Perkins from Stratford. Uh, if you score that many touchdowns on the ground and you run back an interception for a touchdown, you've had a full game. And uh, that's that's my vote is Darko Perkins. Okay. Perkins was on my radar. Walker Merrill, I thought, should have gotten more support than he did. But it seemed like you know, every time a Brentwood player is on this list, they just don't get the votes for some for whatever reason. I don't know what it is, but – they don't get the backing from their folks. I, I don't yeah. get it. it. It's it's ridiculous to me. But well, yeah, it's each their own. Yep. But my vote is going to Brendan Jones from Good Pasture. You know, you you talk about a full night. He had one too. He had four touchdowns total. Couple on couple through the air. One on the ground. One on the punt return. All sorts of yardage. Good Pasture story continues. They've had a resurgent season. And he's going to add a little hardware to his trophy case because Brendan Jones is our Citizens Bank Player of the Week for Week 11. Well done. Next week, they're all back in the hat. There you go. Every one of the winners from the regular season is back eligible again. Good, because I don't like thinking this hard. I know. It kind of makes it a little (laughs) tough, doesn't it? But they're all back in play next week, and they can add one, two, three, four. We're going to have five more helmets to give out and – and player can conceivably win five more. Who knows? Yeah, he could. So but, there's uh, no, no, play, no playoff restriction. Yeah. Thanks to Citizens Bank for sponsoring uh, the Player of the Week award. And uh, I'm glad to see that uh, Brendan Jones' good pasture is going to, uh, to get some hardware. That's it. After the break, we start talking about playoffs. As Jim Moore once famously said, playoffs? I'm, playoffs. Glad, I'm glad you did that because you looked at me so bad last week when I did it. So, you can look at me. Can I, I do Practice. Yeah, right. <laughs> we talk practice in the next segment. 
This is the 615 Preps Podcast presented by NCP Coatings. We're back after this. This may sound ridiculous, but let's talk paint performance. How do your products look after they leave the shop? Since 1948, NCP Coatings Incorporated has developed and delivered leading-edge coatings for original equipment manufacturers and aftermarket suppliers. No project is too big. NCP supplies coatings to makers of heavy trucks, trailers and implements, recreational and commercial boats, even off-road equipment. We prioritize customer collaboration. Our technical and customer support staff help with the design, forecast, and strategies specific to your product coatings needs. Did you know that NCP is recognized by state foresters across the country as the choice for tree marking and boundary coatings? When demanding the best from top coats, primers, enamels, texture coatings, and reducers, ask for NCP. Visit our website, ncpcoatings.com, or call today, toll-free, 800-627-1948. 800-627-1948. Back here on the 615 Preps Podcast, presented by NCP Coatings. We are going to talk brackets in a lot of playoff talk in this segment, Scott. Uh, you know, it's my favorite time of year, just because to look at the brackets and kind of see where we think teams might be headed and which ones might get knocked off in the first round, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, this is this is all the fun of uh, March Madness, except that you can call this what, uh, uh, well, when it's con- you and I in November nitwits. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what they say. Uh, yeah, right. But, yeah, you get to kind of project out a little bit about, uh, you know, who you think might do what and see where you're at. We're going to make some snap judgments on these brackets, you know, We've got everything on our website up through the quarterfinal round. So what we're going to do in this exercise is go down each of these brackets and pick the two teams we're going to we think could get to the quarterfinals. And just not a lot of not a lot of deep diving on this. Just no snap judgments. Give me two teams and we'll move on. So we'll start in Class One A with regions three and four. And here's how those first round games go. Joe Burns is at South Pittsburgh. Sale Creek is at Monterey. Copper Basin hosting Clay County. And Gordonsville hosts Whitwell. Gordonsville being the champion from Region 4. South Pittsburgh, the Region 3 champion. Scott, out of those first four, out of those games, who do you think gets to round three? Well, out, out of that uh, that group there, um, I think uh, really you could see a rematch of that uh, Monterey-Gordonsville game. I think that's, I think that's a real possibility, but... I honestly think that what we'll see in that quarterfinals, Gordonsville against South Pittsburgh. Okay. That's the two I think that are going to wind up there. Well, that would be a rematch of last year's quarterfinal game at South Pittsburgh where South Pitt won 40 to nothing. And I think we'll get a rematch this time, except Gordonsville will end up hosting this year. And maybe there won't be 40 to nothing this time. Maybe it'll be a little bit closer. Yeah. With that, uh, with that, new, fan, uh, that new running game they have, maybe, you know, they can, not only can they stay in it, but maybe they can make some noise. Gordon, Gordonsville has home field advantage throughout the postseason, so you know it's, it's a good spot to be in. Yep. Moving on to Class 2 with Regions 3 and 4. Cascade at Bledsoe County, Tyner at Trousdale County, Westmoreland at Marion County, Teleco Plains at Watertown. Now, this could be a the, the way this bracket has broken down the last couple of years. It's been Watertown and Trousdale County in the quarterfinals again. What do you think? 
Well, I think that uh, Watertown gets there again. There's no doubt in my mind that they are definitely good enough to get there. And I think the teams that uh, if if they've got uh, anybody in their way, it's going to be Marion County. Um, I think honestly that Bledsoe County, though, I think is going to. I think it'll end up uh, Trousdale against Bledsoe. I think Bledsoe and Watertown are going to face off in that quarterfinal. I think we get that rematch again. I think Trousdale County is better as a better team now than they were when they first played Watertown. I'm not sure about Bledsoe County to be honest. Uh, Tyner, I think they better watch out for in the first round. That could be a trip game right there. But I think ultimately it'll be Trousdale County, Watertown, round three in the quarterfinals. Watertown would host it again for the third straight year, and hopefully for them the third time's the charm because it's been it's been bad for them in the, in the I, quarterfinals. I was, about, I was about to say Watertown probably is hoping it's Bledsoe County. They may uh, be just yeah. so they can break that uh, break that uh, whatever curse or spell or whatever is over that where you win in the regular season. And you get bit in the in the uh, playoffs. It seemed like somebody sprinkled some of that creek bank water on Watertown <laughs> in the quarterfinals the last couple of years because those have been sloppy, messy games. They've been kind of down to one possession, and Trousdale County pulled those out. We'll see what happens again this year. But right. I think the rematch is coming there as well. Mm-hmm. Go over to Regions 5 and 6. This has Eagleville in it. Lewis County hosting Scotts Hill. Eagleville travels, travels to Riverside. East Hickman goes to Forest. And Loretto goes to Waverly. This is one of those regions that doesn't get talked about a lot. Eagleville's in it as the number three seed from Region Five. Who do you think? Well, I I, I have I don't think they uh, match up well with Riverside. I think that I, I don't know that they're going to get out of that game. Um, honestly, looking at this bracket, um, I, I like Lewis County, but. Um, I think uh, I think in this group, uh, Waverly probably is going to be uh, the the team there. Although it wouldn't surprise me, East Hickman. I'm going to say it's going to be Waverly and Lewis County. See, I'm going Lewis County in the top half, but I'm going Forest on the bottom half. I think that uh, the Rockets may have something to say about that against well, Waverly. They very well could. Yeah. I'll keep moving on to three A class, three A regions, three and four. Grundy County at Red Bank, Brainerd at Smith County, York Institute at Loudoun, and Signal Mountain at Upperman. Scott, what do you got? Well, you know, that uh, that Red Bank team, uh, you know, they're they're pretty solid. Uh, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to decide whether or not if uh, because that. Brainerd is kind of a mystery to me. They they have taken some hits. I, I honestly think that Red Bank is probably the class of that side. The other side of that bracket, um, I know Upperman. I've got some questions about Upperman. It just depends on you know how they play. I, I'm I'm thinking that there's an upside. I think that Signal Mountain team is a little bit better than what uh, than what's advertised. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, but I'm, I'll say in the quarterfinals, I, I think Upperman better keep their their head up. Uh, I think they'll make it. I think it'll be make uh, Red Bank and Upperman. Yeah, Red Bank's defense hasn't given up a point since October 2nd. Of course, they've had a couple of uh, absences for COVID wins and whatever, but on right. the field they've not given up a point since since October 2nd. 
And only one team has scored 20 points in them all year, and I don't know that anybody else is going to get to for a bit. I'm like you. I think it's Upperman and Red Bank in, in the quarters in this region. And um, be curious to see how that one goes. I'll have to go to Upperman if that's the case. Yeah. On the other side of 3A, regions 5 and 6, we find Camden at Procone, East Nashville at Fairview, Harpeth at Giles County, and Stratford at Stewart County. We had some Metro teams that were affected by COVID. They started late, but Pearl Cone's first in the region again. And now, boy, I'm, I'm just looking at that second-round matchup right there. The, uh, if uh, what, you know, we talk, what we may talk about later in, in who you got in that East Nashville-Fairview game, um, that's going to be interesting to see. I think Pearl is the class of this of this side of the bracket. Um, on the in the quarterfinal, Stewart County showed me a little something last week, yep. and uh, with their win at Fairview. Yep. Um, I think that they've got the defense that can. Uh, I think that they can get past uh, both those teams. Um, I think on that side of the bracket, it's set up like you know dominoes for them. I, I'm thinking it's going to be Stewart County and Pearl Cone in that uh, in that quarterfinal. And I'm going to agree with you. I, I don't think Stewart County gets challenged for a couple of rounds. And that Fairview Pearl Cone potential second round game has a lot of intrigue to it. And you know that there was a lot of of fighting for that region championship in Region Six to get away from that Pearl Cone side of the bracket. And Fairview haven't lost it. They're kicking themselves now, but uh, yep. they'll have to beat them anyway. So. Do it in the second round or do it in the third round. I don't think it matters to them. But uh, I like Pearl Cone and Stewart County to reach the quarterfinals and 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 take each other on. That game would be at Stewart County if it if it came to it. Mm-hmm. Class 4A, Regions 3 and 4. We were not sure about DeKalb County until a few days ago. They are going to be in the postseason, after all. They'll host Spring Hill. Livingston Academy is at Nolansville. Marshall County is at Macon County, and Stone Memorial is at Tullahoma. So let's let's run down this bracket real quick and see who we think is going on. You know, I at, at one point I would have thought DeKalb County might have been on uh, on upset alert uh, with some of these games. But, boy, when you dodge a bullet like that, it has a way of focusing you. Yeah. And I think that DeKalb County, given new life, yeah. is going to make the most of it. Yeah. I like them making the quarterfinals. On the opposite side of the bracket, Tullahoma to me is is the team to beat. I think I, I don't see anybody in that bracket. I don't think can uh, can match them. Uh, so I see a DeKalb County Tullahoma quarterfinal. I can't disagree with that. You know, you make a great point about getting second life, and, and DeKalb County will certainly use that to its advantage. They'd have to go through Nolansville to get there. I think in a rematch of last year's quarterfinal game. But I think having that game at home would be a big help to them, and they're better than they were last year for sure. Mm-hmm. So I like the Cab County to get there in the Atolahoma. It's been beating up on everybody so far, and I don't see anybody stopping it anytime soon. So uh, give me the Cab County and Tullahoma in, in round three as well. Regions five and six on the western half of the bracket. Jackson South Side at Springfield. White House Heritage at Hardin County, Jackson Northside at Creekwood, and White House at Lexington. <laughs> you, you look at this and you recognize a team in each one of those brackets, mm-hmm. and you realize, hey, they were all in the same region. They could, you know, 
they could all see each other again, but uh, it's not likely. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Springfield is playing very, very well. And I think that they are still going to be, you know, king of the hill on that side of the bracket, although it wouldn't surprise me if Hardin County doesn't give them a tough game. uh, I think that they're going to – uh, I think that they can beat White House Heritage. So I'm going to take Springfield on the quarter final side of that bracket. Um, on the other side, uh, you know, Creekwood, White House. I think that Jackson Northside is is going to be the team that comes out of that side. So I think that uh, I, I'm looking at Springfield and Jackson uh, Northside coming out of that bracket. Interesting. See, I, I look at White House Heritage at Hardin County. Hardin County does not have Hudson Wolf. He's been hurting out for the year. That's their biggest playmaker, and mm. without him, they they have been hurting since then. I think Heritage wins that first-round game and gets a rematch with Springfield. But I think Springfield's coming out on that side, and I like Lexington. Uh, I like Lexington to come, come out of the other half of that bracket and meet up with the Yellow Jackets in round three, which would be at Lexington. So another another long drive for for the Yellow Jackets in that round. Yeah, and and Lexington's an excellent team. I just, you know, I I, I like that Jackson Northside team. I, I just do. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to go down the rest of the brackets in the postseason. We'll get through 5A, 6A, and Division Two after this on the 615 Preps Podcast, presented by NCP Coatings. Back here in the 615 Preps Podcast presented by NCP Coatings, continuing the discussion about the brackets. Let's go to Class 5A next. Regions 5 and 6. This one took a couple extra days to settle out as Shelbyville was appealing sanctions against them from the TWSAA, stemming from a fight in Week 10. That appeal was denied. So here's how those first-round games are going to go. Hillwood at Summit, Columbia at Gallatin, Hillsboro at Page, Lincoln County at Beach. A couple of intriguing games in there, Scott. What do you think about it? Uh, every, every one of them, uh, you know, have questions. Um, yeah, but uh, I think there are two clear uh, t- programs right now that are, uh, well, at least one is performing, I think, at a, a really good level, and the other one's had a little bit of a, of, you don't want to say a vacation, but you had some time to rest up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, out on the upper side of the bracket, I think Summit uh, uh, is uh, is really the team. Um, you know, with the uh, Wade brothers there, uh, they have shown. Uh, and and on top of that, they've been they've been there before. I mean, honestly. So I think Summit is the class of this. But the the question always comes is that what did that what has all that time off done to them? Anything? You know, it's hard to say. But going with what we know, I'm going to say have Summit coming out that side. Uh, the other one, uh, I like Beach. I, th- I think Beach is playing just about as solid as anybody right now. Um, their defense is solid. Their running game is good. I, I like uh, I like that. And, boy, what a quarterfinal game that would make. You talk about the so-called get-right game and some of these teams are having late in the year. Someone's going to get theirs against Hillwood, which isn't a bad way to start the playoffs. But uh, I'm like you. I One of my favorite potential games out of the entire postseason would be Summit at Beach in round three. That would be that, – that's 
that that's a must see for me if, yeah. if that happens. That that's a game that if it that that's a spotlight game game in the regular season. Absolutely. And and it it's lining up to be a quarterfinal game, yep. which like you said, that is a game that you absolutely have to be there for because you've got stars on both sides. You've got uh, players on playmakers on both sides and really really good coaches. And a, and a team I think that could mess that up is Hillsboro. I think Hillsborough has a shot to beat Page. We'll talk about them and who you got in a bit. And they played Beach to 14-7 in the regular season. A second meeting might go the other way. Yeah, and I was at that game, and you're absolutely right. Uh, Hillsborough did stymie that running game for the for the longest time. So this, this quadrant of 5A has some intrigue into it in, in a couple of different levels, but uh, – Boy, what a quarter, what a quarterfinal that would be if it was Hillsborough or Summit and Beach. Excuse me, Hillsborough and Beach in the second round would be a good one too. <laughs> yeah, so actually, it, Region Seven and Eight split up a little bit because Region Eight only had two teams playing this year, so there are a couple of buys for Henry County and Northeast. Yeah, and yeah, Henry County Northeast. Uh, welcome to the. To the second round. Yeah, you're already there. Um, the two first-round games are Dyer County at Brighton and Clarksville at Munford. And, boy, you brought up a good point the other day. You know, when I was looking at these, and I was like, eh, not that we talked about who we like in advance, but, you know, when we talked about how the brackets were going to set up, and you brought up a good point. We really have no idea how good Brighton or Munford is. No. Because they only played each other, really. Yeah. I mean – for this region. They played some teams out in West Tennessee, but other than that, the region was, was one game. Yeah. So you don't know that what Dyer County is, you know, really going to face there. You really don't know what uh, what Clarksville is going to face. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens in that Clarksville-Munford game. Yeah. Um, because that that would set up that Clarksville-Northeast game, which would be a tremendous game in Clarksville. I, I think in the upper bracket, it's Henry County. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it is and has been, you know, they are the once and future king, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, despite a, a few uh, dents in the armor this year. Um, out of that bottom bracket, out of that bottom bracket, I like Clarksville Northeast, but I think it's going to be uh, Henry County. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, maybe Clarksville gets up there and, and, and kind of shakes things up a little bit, but I think we're headed toward a Henry County Northeast rematch in the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. and the first round of that didn't go so well for Northeast. No, it did not. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully, they can they can keep it closer than fifty to nothing. Yeah, but uh, we'll see about that one too. That a little bit less intrigue because of the buys in in Class Five A and then in Region Seven and Eight. But you know, still some still some stuff to play for for those teams. I mean, Henry County is probably the, the one that's got the target on their back, though. We'll turn our attention to Class 6A now. In Regions 3 and 4, some good ones here. Ross View traveling to Oakland, mm-hmm. Warren County at Mount Juliet, Wilson Central at Riverdale, and Blackman at Hendersonville. Yeah, these are some uh, really intriguing matchups here and potential for interesting second-round matchups. If you look at uh, the possibility of Warren County and Oakland meeting again after they just met a week ago. Right. Um so, I, I, Oakland, right now, nobody – I don't know that anybody can match Oakland in, in the mid-state right now. Now, you know, everybody – you know, anybody can get got. 
Yeah. But right now, Oakland has not shown a sign of uh, of relinquishing that number one spot, and I think that it's well deserved and well earned. So I like them coming out of that out of that region. Uh, the lower half of that bracket. Uh, truthfully, truthfully, in the quarterfinals, I like an Oakland-Riverdale matchup again. I think that uh, you'll see a rematch of the game they played earlier in the year. I think Riverdale's defense is just uh, head and shoulders above uh, some of the other teams in that region. My only concern with Riverdale is their offensive. If Jamison Holcomb is not back and not healthy, then you know, they're hamstrung almost, and, and it's going to hurt them against, say, maybe a Hendersonville in the second round. Mm-hmm. And Although I do like I love Riverdale's defense, they they can hold anybody to you know whatever they want, just about the exception of Oakland, I guess. But you know, Warren County, Mount Juliet in the first round, Mount Juliet, I think defensively can hang with Oakland for a while, but can they even get to that game to play them? That's the thing. You know, that's, a, that's an excellent question. I, I'm I'm going to go with a rematch of the Battle of the Borough, like you. And I know it's kind of chalk, I guess almost, but. Huh. Uh, I mean, there, there's room There's room in here for a lot of upsets. Yeah, people. this thing can have a lot of moving parts to it. This oh, is one, one of those brackets to watch in the first round specifically. Regions 5 and 6, Stewart's Creek is going to be out because of COVID cases from what we know at this point. But other than that, Franklin at Smyrna in round 1, Independence at Laverne, and Cane Ridge at Brentwood, while Ravenwood gets a first round bye. So... Yeah, it's... I, the upper bracket, uh, the one team that probably didn't want a buy is Ravenwood. I think they are uh, anxious to just, you know, start running downhill at people. Yeah. Um, you know, they had a rough spot where they played some really, really good teams and came out on the lower side of it. But I think, you know, it's one of those iron sharpens iron things. Um, I think that that team is going to be tough. And I think that region is is ripe for them Uh to get to the quarterfinal. And I think on the bottom side, boy, um, there's a lot of talent in this this one. Uh, you know, you got Ray Banner at Laverne. You got Jackson Campbell Independence, Kate Granzow Brentwood, Zavin Clemens, and, and uh, Tyroid Good and all those at Cane Ridge. There's a lot of offense in that lower bracket. Um, but looking at it, I think you're looking at a Brentwood Independence game, and I think that Brentwood – will remember that game they played earlier. So in the quarterfinals, I think you're looking at a Ravenwood-Brentwood battle of the woods again. I could certainly see that. Um, the Independence led Brentwood by multiple scores, too, in that game and, and let it almost get away from him. So you know, Brentwood obviously is chomping at the bit to get a second shot at Independence in round two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's a battle a battle of the woods round two here as well. And you know, Ravenwood will only need one game to – to, to get there, honestly. But uh, I think Region 6 sweeps Region 5 as well. I think this is the one where it happens. We usually see one region sweep the other in, in some form of the first round. I think this is where that happens because I kind of think Franklin can beat Smyrna, and that's going to be the key game for, for that sweep. Yeah, I agree. So on to Division 2, the top half of Class A – where DCA has a first-round bye, USJ has a first-round bye, and you've got Franklin Grace at Trinity Christian and Columbia Academy out because of COVID cases. Middle Tennessee Christian will get a first-round bye and play USJ in round two. Yeah, um, boy, COVID just running rampant uh, in this region. Um, 
DCA, wow, what a story. What a story with those kids. And I think that, uh, you know, we talked earlier about teams playing with purpose and getting second chances. And I think DCA is another one of those teams that found a purpose. And sometimes it's just something to attach yourself to, to ta- for your team to attach itself to, to, to create an identity and to create, uh, you know, some synergy and some togetherness in that locker room. They seem to have gotten it. Uh, I think that they make, you know, they only have to have one game to get there, but I think they get to the, uh, well, wait a minute. They're already in the quarterfinals. No, they're uh, well, that's quarterfinals. This is going to the semifinals. Okay. We're going, <laughs> I probably should have mentioned that up front. <laughs> In, in Division Two, we're looking at the semifinals now. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I didn't break any rules. No, we're good there. Okay. Good deal. I was going to say. Uh, Round boy, three. Boy, if I say they don't make it to the quarterfinals and they're already sitting here on this thing, I'm going to look really stupid. Right, yeah. Like my record, <laughs> like my record didn't already do that. Uh, no, I, I like – I think DCA to get the semifinals is uh, – I, I like them to get there. I think they're going to end up uh, hit, uh, meeting USJ in that game. Uh so that's that's where I'm, yeah. That's where I'm at. I, I think DCA is there. I have DCA there as well, but I think we're gonna get a different opponent there. Oh, really? I think Middle Tennessee Christian. They didn't get to play DCA during the fir- during the regular season because of COVID cases. They're gonna want their shot at DCA, and and they could beat USJ to do it. Um, I, I think it happens. I think MTCS kind of surprises. Some people and gets to the semifinals. That would be a game to see. I would, I would very much like to see that game, the Middle Tennessee Christian against Dawson Christian Academy. I think that would be a great matchup. Uh, I'd love to see it. I just think USJ is a a, a little bit better team, but that's just uh, that could go either way. No, we're not losing any points for doing it. Nope. So, <laughs> on to the bottom half of Division Two Class A: Davidson Academy and the Kings Academy have the buys. Jackson Christian travels to Friendship Christian, and Webb School visits Nashville Christian in the first round. This looks like Davidson Academy's march right here. Oh, I I fully believe that. I've seen them in action, and that that team is playing with passion and purpose. Um, Their defense has got an attitude. Their offense is catching up and doing well. So right now it's there. I think they're there in the semis. The question is going to be who they meet there. And I think it's going to be Nashville Christian. I think Nashville Christian is going to get there. Not only do I think they're going to get there, I think they're going to get there, wanting to get there to play Davidson Academy to make up for that game that they got beat in earlier the season. Yeah. Yeah, that was a a rough loss for Nashville Christian early in the season. But uh, Davidson Academy can't look ahead because they may want to draw in Friendship Christian around two. And, you know, that was a, a rematch of a semifinal from last year. So, so the Bears are going to have they're going to have their work cut out for them, but I think that they have a team that's looking for a three-peat and, and not really much is going to get in their way right now. No. Division two class double A. We'll finish with this. We'll talk about triple A in just a couple minutes as well. FRA at ECS, North Point BGA at North Point Christian, St. George's at Lipscomb Academy, and Harding Academy at Lausanne. In the top half of that bracket, ECS looks like the team that's going to be in the semifinals. I, I like ECS and Lipscomb Academy to get there. Scott, what do you think? Well, I like definitely like Lipscomb Academy coming out of that bottom, uh, that bottom side of the bracket. Um, 
I, I don't uh, – ECS, they're hard to beat right now. I mean, you look at you look at who they played and their schedule and everything. Uh, they've they've done they've done very very well. Um, I was looking at, uh, yeah, I don't think that there's much there. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. We won't take a lot of time on that one. In that in that case, let's go to the bottom half where CPA actually is. But first, you got Boy Buchanan at CAK. Mm-hmm. Knoxville Webb is at Good Pasture. Silverdale at CPA and Chattanooga Christian at Knoxville Grace. On the upper on that upper group, I, I like CAK. I think that they are just playing at another level. Uh, and then at the bottom, I like CPA. I, I think CPA, I, they got punched in the mouth a little bit by Lipscomb Academy, and I think that a team like that, Ingle Martin, uh, you know, that may be the the whole awaken to sleeping giant thing. Yeah. Uh, I would not want to be playing them. I, I, I would not want to be Silverdale right now. No. Not at all. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be CAK and CPA in that uh, semifinal game. Yeah, I think that the CPA was a little bit uncharacteristic in the second half of that Lipscomb Academy game, and it kind of, yeah, I'm I'm like you. I think that they're about to kind of tear through some teams in this in this playoff bracket, and they'll be going to CAK in the semifinals, at least the way I see it as well. So yep. Division two class AAA, they're not quite done with their bracket yet. They've got this week to figure it out. We do know, however, that the four teams in the East that are going to be there, Brentwood Academy's first, Father Ryan is second, Macaulay is third, and Baylor is fourth. The West half, however, could shake out 48 different ways. <laughs> I may or may not be exaggerating because right now, JP2, NBA, and Christian Brothers are all in play for first place and second place and you throw MUS in for third, JP2 could actually go from first to fourth in the span of a week. Who they play, who is uh, fourth in the East? Fourth in the East would be Baylor. So they could either be playing Baylor or they could be playing the number one in the East. Which is Brentwood Academy. Oh, boy, they need to finish first. <laughs> and the, the sad thing for JP2 is they have no way to improve their standing. They, they, they're off. They already played 10 games. They're done, so... Wow, they're waiting for NBA and and MUS and Christian Brothers to finish up this week. So, yeah, that, that's, that's that's kind of a tough spot to be in. It is. It very much is. I, but I think uh, you know. I'm sure we'll go over this later. But uh, if you you know, if you ask me, you know, it's Brent right now. Brentwood Academy is, and this would be for the championship. Now that we're looking at this, is only eight teams in it. So um, yeah. who's who's going to Cookville? <laughs> who's going to Cookville? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think E one being Brentwood Academy. Yeah, I think Brentwood Academy's there. Uh, run down those West teams for me. Uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the bottom half of that bracket. You got Father Ryan would host one of Christian Brothers MBA or MUS, whoever finishes third place. Uh huh. And then Baylor would visit one of JP two MBA or Christian Brothers, whoever wins the West. Ooh, there there's a couple of ways I could go. Um, I really. I think Father Ryan is actually playing pretty good ball right now, but I'm going to say get into that championship game. If I if I had to if if I had to uh, wager a, a body part on it, uh, Brentwood Academy NBA. Okay, I agree. I would I would almost be willing to put JP two there, but I don't think they're going to finish first just because one of those teams in the West will win a game and pass them. 
and put them in the eastern, the upper half of that bracket. Which puts them up against Brentwood put, Academy. Well, we put them in against Brentwood Academy in the semifinals. They play Macaulay first. Oh, they play Macaulay first? Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Possibly. I mean, they could play BA first round, too. Like I said, they have a number of different ways to go. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a choose-your-own-adventure. It really is. It really <laughs> is in, in AAA. And, you know, this week there's just two games, but it's so much rise in those two games that, you know, the fortunes could change literally minutes. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on this week. I'm certain that 615 Preps will be on top of it. Oh, we'll have those scores when we're done, just like it, we, we do every single week. Absolutely. After the break, we will start picking some of these first-round playoff games in Division One. A lot of fun ones there. We'll get to it after this. This is the 615 Preps podcast presented by NCP Coatings. Hey, folks. If you want to support high school football coverage all across Middle Tennessee, let 615 Preps help. We have sponsorship opportunities for the 2020 season to suit all needs and budgets. For more information, shoot us an email at 615preps at gmail.com. That's 615preps at gmail.com. 615preps, Friday night's finest play here. Back here in the 615 Preps podcast presented by NCP Coatings. Time for who you got, Scott. Last couple of weeks have kind of jumbled the standings a little bit. And uh, you had a good little week last week. I did. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited, but... Uh, again, I, I I'm feel I feel like I'm gonna finish strong here. I I I, I can feel it coming on. Uh, Usually that's when the ground opens up and swallows you. <laughs> you rooting for Bane? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave you I gave you a chance to do that and you did so. Yeah. I'm. I'm yes, I know you gave me enough rope to hang myself. That's right. But, yeah. That, Twitter voters kind of helped me out, though, by not doing too well this last week. Yeah, they, they've kind of been stalled on six and four the last two weeks, and they've slipped back into third place, four games off my lead. And Drake is kind of he's, – he's there and forth. He, he's going to have a hard time making up ground. Well, you know, he's – you know, somebody's got somebody's to you know, be in last, unfortunately. Somebody has to be the caboose. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, again, you know, he could he could go on a streak and just tear us all up. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, last week he went nine and one. I went seven and three. Drake went seven and three, and the Twitter voters were six and four. So, yeah, who messed me up? <laughs> yeah, about that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Hillsborough and Page, our first one, and this was one we had to wait until Monday to get this officially figured out. But this could be a fun little game because these teams like to throw it. Oh yeah, I, I think this will be an excellent game. I this is a as you said, going to be a, a – if things go to form, this will be a really uh, good game in the air because Jalen Macon, he loves to throw it. Jake McNamara, uh, he can throw it. Uh, I think that uh, this game really is going to come down to defense. And it is this is a really hard one to start out with, Chris. I mean, really, these, yeah. these teams uh, – you know, it, they're really, really tough. Um, you know, at first blush, I'm going to take the Patriots in this game. I, I just think that they are uh, – I think they're, you know, gaining steam at the right time. I, I agree with that last part you just said about gaining steam at the right time. I think Hillsborough is doing that too. And and I think Hillsborough is a dangerous, dangerous team in this bracket. 
because I think they're a little bit disrespected. They kind of felt like you know, they wanted to play the region game against Gallatin, and Gallatin wouldn't let them. They rescheduled really quick. Oh, if this if this game was against Gallatin, it'd be a totally different. <laughs> hey, and it could very well come to, it could come to that later on. It very well could. But I think Hillsboro's got a message to send, and this might be the week they do it. And I'm taking the Burrows in this one. I think Jalen Megan has a big, big night. East Nashville at Fairview. Fairview coming off her loss to Stewart County in the championship game last week. I'm a little concerned about East Nashville going to Fairview because they're going to have to try to stop that offense that can come at you from a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, East Nashville has been, uh, you know, they, they've had a, a good defense. Uh, of course, they started out in that, uh, that overtime game against Pearl Cone. Uh, shutting them down. So, you know they have the ability, but, mm-hmm. you know, you have Logan Nardozzi on the other side there, and I just think that at Fairview, that gives them an advantage. So, I'm I'm going to go with the with the Yellow Jackets here. I'm going to take Fairview, too. Uh, you know, they had a couple of a couple of hiccups. They lost 11 and then a shootout, and then, then the one to, to Stewart County last week. But uh, I think Fairview – has a little bit of something to prove in the postseason. You know, last year was a, a, a disappointing end of their season mm-hmm. when they lost to Giles County in, in the first round. But, you know, you know, you did a game with them earlier this year, and Chris Hughes thought that they could run the table. And yeah. I, I feel like they could still do that, but it's going to take a little bit more out of them than, than what we've seen. So I'm not sure we've seen Fairview's best yet. And if that does happen, look out, because they have a lot of firepower. Yes. I like yes. Fairview here. I like them to beat in the East Nashville and and move on to the second round. We'll talk more about, you know, when we get to next week what that's what that's gonna look like for them. Mm-hmm. Columbia at Gallatin, another one of those five A games that had to be way had to be held up until Monday until Shelbyville's appeal was done. Columbia is the one that hits the road to go to Gallatin in this situation. And you know, Gallatin I get, they had kind of a get-right game against Glencliff, but I don't know how much that prepares you for the postseason. Oh, that's exactly right. Uh, that's a game that, uh, uh, you know, kind of Glencliff, uh, for you know, lack of a better uh, term, is kind of a, a game you get well against. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallatin, I really don't know who they are. Uh, you know, they had that six-game uh, losing streak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Five of them at home? All of them at home. All of them at home. Columbia has shown flashes of being a really, really good team. Gallatin hasn't really shown us a whole lot other than that Glencliff game, really. Yeah. And and the, their early games. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm leaning actually towards Columbia in this game just simply because they've, they've shown a little bit more. I think. I think Columbia is just trying to get healthy right now. They lost some key players in the last couple of weeks, and they're trying to get them back in the fold. If they're at full strength at Gallatin, yeah, I like their chances. If they're not, this could turn into a real barn burner. Yeah. And, and, and Gallatin, you know, they've got to do something to save their season because it, it, it went downhill in a hurry losing – losing six in a row, which they haven't done it in a long time. And that the win against Glencliff was their first win at home since last year. So yeah, that's... the Green Wave have had a rough second half of the season, and, and a, a win in the first round won't 
cure all of it, but it'll at least ease the sting of what's went on this season for them. Yeah, I mean, they're they're still in the, they're still in the postseason. They are. But I mean, it's it's a the, the clean dis- slate. The disappointment but, of last year's postseason, though, still rings pretty hollow. Yeah, I don't know what is. I mean, this can't be a hangover uh, because most the thing is most of those players that were made that team really excel are gone. Yeah. Uh, you had a, a, you know, a stud on defense. You had your stud on offense. Um, but I, I just don't know whether this team is just so young that they're uh, learning to play together yeah, or whether it's just a combination of other factors. You just don't know. The one factor that I think plays in Gallatin's favor is that the games that they did reschedule, they got tough opponents. Mm-hmm. So as far as being prepared for the playoffs go – they might very well be prepared. They they the, very well could be. The question be. is, can they execute? And I'm going to give them a shot this week. I'm going to give Gallatin a chance. I'm going to say they're going to win this game and, and you know make themselves feel a little bit better about 2020 right now. Warren County and Mount Juliet. Another intriguing first-round game. C.J. Taylor really ripped through Oakland's defense last week to nearly 200 yards. And now Mount Juliet's defense has the task of slowing him down. Yeah, that – that was really kind of shocking, considering the game that they had against Riverdale, and where Riverdale pretty much stuffed them. Yeah, uh, and then to come back and have a game that they had against Oakland was really, really surprising. On the flip side, Mount Juliet, after the second, after they got those two touchdowns on the board, didn't really do a whole lot against Hendersonville. No, so. This is really an interesting game. This is going to be, I think, a very, very good game. Um, and, and really, when you look at these two teams, you, you look at Mount Julius with a solid defense. They got a solid running game. But, boy, Warren County, they have a that dynamic C.J. Taylor at quarterback. And I think that right now that – I think if you, if you look at which team is going to be – uh, be able to able to put consistent points on the board. I'd almost have to point at the Pioneers. I think I am going to. I'm going with Warren County here. My question is kind of what you just said: Is Kim Mount Juliet score enough to keep up with them? Uh, I know their defense is good enough to to do some damage, but you know it would take an, a, a special team score or a defensive touchdown to really kind of keep pace. And you know if Oak, I think Oakland has a better defense, and they were not able to slow C.J. Taylor down, and you know. Can Mount Juliet do it? I don't know. And I'm going to take Warren County as well. And, and you know, this this could. Be, I'm not really going to call it an upset because I don't think it is. No, no. I think these are as about as evenly matched teams as you can get. We learned a little bit about Warren County the last two weeks, and now yeah, they lost both games. They they lost by 16 to Oakland, but no, most teams haven't lost by 16. They lost by 36. So. Yeah, and going into those two games, we had no idea who Warren. They were County the only was. team. They were only the second team this year to put twenty points up on Oakland. Right. So, and so yeah, I agree with you. You know, I, I leaned hard towards Mount Juliet because it was being played at home, and that's a tough, tough place to play in. Yeah. But that was about all I had. You know, when yeah. I looked at it, and and I just think you got to go with a dynamic player like C.J. Taylor. Yeah. Blackman and Hendersonville are next one up, and. Drew Beam and Todd Lark are having a pretty good last couple of weeks for the Blaze, who have just run themselves right back into the playoffs. And, you know, they're going to travel to Henderson before this game. And, and the Commandos, 
they're pre- feeling pretty good after beating Mount Julia again to win a region championship. You know, these don't get any easier to pick. What the heck? It's the, play- the playoffs. Where did the first round? Where did you know? Where did the 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 first round? Uh, you know, poor games go because well, these are all good games. I, I will tell you this: when I looked at this list and compiled it together, I had about nine or ten, and then, then there's a massive drop off. After this list, it gets pretty poor. Well, because the first round generally is not good from a, com- a competition standpoint. There are a few of these games that are. But generally, it's it's a lot of duds. Yeah, but these uh, are some good games just because things were kind of jumbled up this year with with you know, COVID and teams not getting on the field after a few weeks and uh, and whatnot. But uh, after about ten games, it kind of it kind of fell off in quality. But Blackman Hendersonville, you know, Blackman comes in there; they're starting to to play better. Can they go into Hendersonville and get the upset? Well. You know, we we looked at that Blackman record, and you realized the teams they lost to were all gearing up for this game right here. Uh, you know that you know not only do they play in one of the toughest regions, but they also picked some pretty tough competition out there. Hendersonville again peaking at the right time. Uh, they seem to do this every year. They seem to just to to build towards the back end. Um, but I don't know that they've seen a team like quite like Blackman since they played Oakland week one. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'd have to look at the schedule again. <laughs> um, I, I, but certainly not a Blackman team that I think is playing with a lot more confidence now. It seems like they found who they are, and that's the thing. Hendersonville, this is a really hard one to pick. Um, I just have a feeling that Blackman's going to continue to roll here. I I, I like the blaze against Henderson. I have been guilty of underestimating Hendersonville a couple times this year, and they've burned me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that again. I think Hendersonville at home is going to beat Blackman because you have a kid like Ellis Ellis who's been making a lot of plays lately, and he's proven very hard to stop, and, and I expect him to have a big one of this one. I like the commandos at home to avoid a sweep of Region 3 over Region 4 because I think at least three of those Region 3 teams are going to win. Wilson Central at Riverdale, I guess, it kind of uh, leans into what we're talking about for this game. Wilson Central at Riverdale. Uh, Riverdale is the number two seed after that loss by Warren County to Oakland. So the, the Warriors get Wilson Central and Xavier Ali coming to their place. Yeah, uh, tough draw for Wilson Central, yeah. I think. Uh Going to Riverdale and you know that defense, we saw what it could do to uh, C.J. Taylor, what it mm. could do to a good running offense, uh, shutting it down. And I believe that these guys have a chip on their shoulders. I think the Warriors do. Um, but Wilson Central, boy, you can't you can't go to sleep on them. Their their offensive line is deceptively good. Their defensive line is very very good. Mm-hmm. So the question is. Is uh, Jimson Holcomb going to be back? Although last week they played pretty well with their with their backup. Yep. Um, so he they continue to get confidence in that game. But can you do the same thing uh, against Wilson Central you did last week if you're if you're Riverdale? I'm going to say you can, and just simply on the strength of the Riverdale defense, um, I th- I think that Wilson Central will keep it uh, will keep it close, but I think Riverdale's defense is just a little bit better, and I like Brandon Kennard uh, to run uh, and match Xavier Ali. 
first of 20 wins in this game, and I think Riverdale gets there. I think that the Warriors win this game. I kind of hinted at that just a second ago because I think three of those region three teams are going to win in, in this three versus four quadrant of, of Class 6A. Knoxville Webb, a good pasture, a couple of three seeds in Division II AA. Good pasture gets to host the game, but, you know, this one's a toss-up in my head. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really, really is uh, a tough one to call. Um, and not seeing a whole lot of Knox Webb, uh, it, it's you, – you, but you look at who they played, and uh, they're respectable. I, I honestly believe that – this one is really again. It's a toss-up, like you said. I really, it's going to come down to you know special teams, I think, and I think that uh, it very well could come down to something like a kick or something of that nature. But I'm going to go with the uh, with Good Pasture here. I think that they have shown enough this year that they actually can can make some noise. It's been a good turnaround for the Cougars in, in Tyler Turner's first year with Good Pasture and. I like them to continue that run as well with a win over Knox Webb. I'm, I'm taking the Cougars as well. Marshall County and Macon County, these two teams share the same initials. They share the same nickname. <laughs> the only thing they don't share is the same region, and that's why they're hooking up in the first round. Now, this is actually the sixth time that these two teams have played each other. And, you know, Macon County's actually won a couple of those in, in this series. But these it goes back to the 70s when they were playing each other every year. So... This will be the first time they've seen each other in quite some time. Yeah, this team can uh, can put some points on board. The, uh, the Marshall, wait a minute, can't say the Tigers. You can't no, say MCHS. You, you can't. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Marshall County is a is a, a pretty solid team. Um, you know, they they took a Nolansville team, uh, played them really tight. Um, they've had some close games, but uh, really. Any team that can beat Springfield it has got to be tough. And I know Macon County is gritty. Uh, they'll, they'll turn you over. They'll make you pay. They, they feast off your mistakes, and they just pound and pound and pound on you. But I just think Marshall County has just got a little bit too much uh, for Macon County in this game. I, I like uh, the Tigers of Marshall County. In this game. Yeah, Macon County's going to have to turn Marshall over a couple of times, two or three times, and, and cash those in because, you know, like you said, if you beat Springfield, you're a pretty good team. And I, I'm just, it shows how competitive Region 4 is in 4A that Marshall County's a third place team and they beat Springfield. Yes. It shows how good <laughs> that side is. That so, is an in point. order for Macon to win this game, they're going to have to force two or three turnovers and, and score on all of them. I mean, you can't leave points out there. You can't go missing field goals or, or coming up short in the red zone. you got to put those in the end zone. They're going to have to get in the 20s at least to, to to have a chance to win this game, and I'm not sure it's going to happen this time around. I like Marshall County here too. Let's take it to our fans' choice game of the week. Franklin at Smyrna in a, a four versus one that might not necessarily act like it. No, I think that this is, uh, this is going to be a very, very – competitive game um Smyrna's defense and Smyrna is actually a lot of people think of Smyrna as a, a running team but they they actually can can throw the ball uh, a little bit and they've got speed out there on the edge and Jameer Eaton um I think that 
they'll match up well with the Franklin defense. I just don't know that they can stop Connor Connor Beaven, and I think that uh, that passing game of the Admirals is. I mean, they they've done some damage uh, and played some very very good teams, very competitive games. Um, you know, this is a team that you know that beat Summit that. Uh, uh, you know, went toe to toe with uh, Pope John Paul. Um, I'm I'm going to go with Franklin here. I think that they're just a little bit better offensively. This is a kind of a simplistic view of it, but these two teams have played four of the same opponents. They've had the same record against those four opponents. They're one and three against each of them. But Franklin's fared better in all four games. So, you know, if I'm going logically, I'm picking Franklin. And this was one of those that I kind of had circles like this might be on on the seating line. It would be an upset, but is it really? I'm not sure. I think Franklin's good enough to, to hang with Smyrna and and get the win in this one. And I like the Admirals as well, which takes us to our spotlight game of the week: Kane Ridge at Brentwood. We've talked about how the Region Six champion would have to face Kane Ridge in round one, and the Bruins get that draw. Yeah, I, Kane Ridge. You really, you know, there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. You know that they offensively they've got a lot of talent. You just don't know, uh, you know, based on the teams that they've played and when they played them. Uh, you know, did, yeah, they lost to Smyrna, but it was their, like their second game of the year, right? You know, you know they they lost to Hillsborough, but again, you know. This team has got a lot of talent, but they were so far behind the eight ball coming out late out of Metro mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you begin to wonder, is this team going to be able to peak in time to stay together with Brentwood, to stay up with them? They have the horses to do it. I just don't know if they have the defense to do it. Yeah, they had a get-right game against Laverne last week, but, but the week before that, they lost 31-7 at Father Ryan in a game that actually got cut short at halftime, and they were just kind of pushed around by Father Ryan in the first half, and I was a little surprised by that. No, the loss to Hillsborough I could definitely see, and then the Smyrna loss was, was tough for them as well. Look, Cambridge is a dangerous team with the, enough playmakers to Tyward Good, Xavier, Clement, Xavier Young Clemens at mm-hmm. quarterback, but Brentwood just wears on you, you know, if they don't pound it with Kate Granzo, they're going to throw it 15 times to Walker Merrill. He's going to have a 200-yard receiving night like he did last week. Yeah. So, no, it's a tough match. It's a tough matchup for King Ridge. But Brentwood had better be on their best behavior because if they don't, then they could get burned. I expect the Bruins running game to do a lot to keep that Kane Ridge offense off the field. I think Granzel runs a lot. And you, you know, you talked you talked about the last time that you covered that game that it it wasn't it was the wearing down. I think it was Ravenwood. Uh, he would just get a first down and get a first down. It was the ground game that just wore them down. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of that. Here's the thing, though. I don't know that that's the way to put Cambridge away. I think you're going to have to strike a couple of times through the air and get some big plays in the passing game to do it. Because, yeah, you might wear the defense down, but Kane Ridge's offense can strike at any point. Tyward Good is a playmaker that get his hands on the ball. He can score from anywhere. 
they have a shot to hang around even if, if Brentwood goes run heavy. I'm, I'm, I believe you. They have a shot to, to, to upset, and, and it would be a mild upset. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a major. I mean, it would be a pretty – it would be a sizable upset, but I wouldn't call it, like, massive. Well, but at this point, I've got to go with the team that uh, – that, you know, the, the, their three losses are all to, you know, you know Brentwood, Oakland, Independence – the class of their regions, more or less, yep. uh, even though Independence kind of fell off there at the end. I just think that Brentwood's had an, had enough games this year to get ready for this. They're probably together a little. You know, they've, they've got things together, uh, working together as a team. They've been together so long. I think that the late start by Cambridge put them at a disadvantage, and I think that Brentwood can – can take advantage of that. I'm going to go with the Bruins here, but I think it's closer than a lot of people may feel. I'm putting Brett on the upset watch. I am. But it's because Kane Ridge has not played their best ball yet. If they get to that point, they'll win this game. I don't know that they can right at this point in time, but I think it's close. I think I'll take Brentwood to win it, but I won't be shocked if this thing goes down to the wire. Right. So that's what we've got for who you got this week. And when the playoffs are here, I'm ready for it. My favorite time of year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been waiting for this. Yeah. Yeah. And we hope you have been too. We hope you've enjoyed it. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Thanks to our sponsors at NCP Coatings for sponsoring our playoff coverage through the semifinals. We're back next week with round two. And Division two starts up in AAA. And we'll talk more about those teams when that time comes around. For Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. We'll see you next week. See you Friday. The 615 Preps Podcast is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC. Our theme music is A Closet Full of Bones by Mama Tried and is used with their permission. You can download their music on the 615preps.com website or on SoundCloud. Your hosts for the 615 Preps Podcast are Chris Brooks and Scott Burton. You can follow Chris on Twitter at cbrookstn.com and Scott at sburton615.